Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Happy Saturday morning and welcome into Early Odds presented by BetMGM here on 670 The Score. Ryan Horvath filling in today for Joe Ostrowski. Joe O with the weekend off. He actually has the entire week off enjoying some vacation, a little rest before we dive fully into the football season, the NFL season right around the corner. In fact, next week we have the Hall of Fame game, a meaningless preseason football game that we will all get way too excited for. College football right around the corner Joe and I have been friends for a few years now, and he always gives me a hard time when we work together, especially early on in June when he wants to talk Cy Young odds, he wants to talk futures, updated season win totals in Major League Baseball. I'm always starting to dive into college football around the end of May. Definitely June, July is when I start to hit my win totals. The reason being, we miss numbers. We miss prices. I want to give out a few of my favorite win totals right now. I was on with Joe a couple weeks back. He asked me for some plays, and I said, well, I'm going to pump the brakes here because I don't want to give out bad numbers, anything that you guys may have missed. I want to give out things that are still bettable, prices that are still there, numbers that are still there. Plus, selfishly, I knew I was hosting for him, and I needed to kill 15 minutes before I got to my guests. Speaking of my guests, coming up in the next segment, we're going to talk with Mark Drumheller from Yahoo Sportsbook. We're going to take a look at tonight's UFC card, try to get you guys some value there, and also the NFL season as well. And then in the final segment, I'm intrigued this season by the NFC North. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are minus 165 to win the North. I don't think they're going to do it this year. I know Devontae Adams. I know some people think that it's, the wide receiver position is an overrated position. I do not think so. I think Devontae Adams is not only the best route runner in all of football, I think he is the top wide receiver. And I think the Packers will miss him. And that's why I love the Minnesota Vikings. I want to talk about that, though, with Bart Winkler from the Bart Winkler Morning Show out in Milwaukee, 1250 AM, the fan, a Packers homer, a Packers, and I'm using the quotation marks, owner, and the uh, host of the Bart Winkler Morning Show. We'll hear his thoughts on the Packers heading into the season, on the Vikings, on the Detroit Lions, year two for Dan Campbell and Jared Goff out in Detroit. And we'll get his take on Justin Fields and the Bears, year one for Matt Eberflus. Can he turn things around? Let's start off with my favorite college football win totals, and let's start off with an over. 
The number was eight and a half when I played it. It's now up to nine over at BetMGM. You have to lay minus one twenty, meaning one hundred and twenty dollars to win a hundred, a buck twenty to win a dollar. And I'm still fine with that price. And I think it's a gift. Of course, shop around for the best numbers. We always recommend that. I know Joe tells you guys the same thing. I'm going with the Utah Utes over nine wins minus one twenty. Coming off a Rose Bowl appearance where they did blow a big lead to Ohio State, but. Let's look what they did. Let's look at their body of work last year. They beat Oregon twice. And that's not your typical Oregon team. That was an Oregon team that knocked off Ohio State earlier on in the season as 14-and-a-half-point dogs. Utah this year brings back 14 starters overall. That includes their quarterback, in my opinion, a dark horse Heisman candidate in Cam Rising, and their top back in Tavion Thomas Jr. Last year they won double-digit games, 10 games, and that was despite a shaky start to the season where Cam Rising missed the entire spring. He missed the first three games of the season. They lose two terrible non-conference games. Then they make the switch back to Rising when he gets healthy and finish 9-1 and in Pac-12 play, including victories over Oregon. Um, last year, they finished 12th in the final AP poll. That was their highest ranking since 2008. And because of COVID, if you look at this roster, they bring back a bunch of dudes. They have no seniors on the roster, basically. 72 of their 85 players on scholarship are freshmen and sophomores. Last year, this offense averaged 36 points per game, 431 yards per game in the Pac-12, and that was without Cam Rising the first three games of the year. This year, a full spring together, a healthy roster. I think they're going to be even better on that side of the ball. Rising completed 63% of his passes, 20 touchdown passes, the just five picks. So he protects the football, doesn't turn it over, and he could also kill you with his legs. A dual-threat quarterback, last year rushed for nearly 500 yards on the ground with an average of 6.7 per carry. I bring up the running back position. Tavion Thomas, one of the best backs in all of college football. was at San- He was uh, at Cincinnati in 2018 and 2019, transferred over to Utah. Last year rushed for over 1,000 yards, also broke a school record, going for over 21 touchdowns on the ground. He's going to be running behind an offensive line who brings back four starters, 70 career starts as a unit, and as usual, it's going to be Utah's strength. Last season, they allowed only four sacks the final nine games of the season. They keep Cam rising up, protected, and clean, and they also average 243 rushing yards on the ground as well. So they bring back pretty much everybody. Again, 70 career starts, four returning, uh, four returning linemen, I really like the Utes on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, The skill position players, as far as weapons on the outside, they do lose some pieces in the wide receiver and tight end room, but they bring back five of their top six targets from last year, so I expect good things. Defensively, coming off a season where Utah gave up just 22.6 points per game and 342 yards per game. They do lose linebacker Devin Lloyd. That's a key loss, but they bring back six starters on the defensive side of the ball. Like most teams in the country, they hit the transfer portal hard. They are going to most likely be not only the best defense in the Pac-12, but a top 10 defense in the entire nation if they stay healthy. The strength for them, once again this year, is going to be the defensive line. They have almost become, at least in the Pac-12, like D-line U. Since 1994, they've sent 18 down linemen to the NFL draft. The secondary also returns six players with starting experience. That includes Cole Bishop. I think he's a future pro. And if you look at the schedule, nine, I got the eight and a half. Nine wins seems like a gift uh, as far as the win total. Their toughest games, let's look at this. The opener on the road against Florida in the Swamp will be tough. It opened as a pick. I did bet Utah in that game. 
They travel to Oregon, but it's going to be a rebuilding season for Oregon. They lose Mario Cristobal to Miami, their head coach. Uh, They bring in Bo Nix to play quarterback after what seems like a decade that he was at Auburn. And I think that's a victory. They also play at UCLA on the road October 8th. The next week after that, they host USC. So that's a tough stretch right there. But getting USC, especially this season with Lincoln Riley taking over, bringing in Caleb Williams at the quarterback position, stealing away Jordan uh, Addison from Pittsburgh, getting them at home is big. The home team is 7-2 and two straight up in that series. So Utah over nine wins, minus 120 seems like a gift. I'm also going to sprinkle a little bit on Utah, plus 250 to win the Pac-12. Those are two of my favorite bets that are still available right now in college football over at BetMGM. But of course, always shop around. Let's move over to the ACC. It's funny, I do the show and I'm talking Pac-12 and ACC football. Please do not turn that dial. I think Clemson's back this year. The defensive line is going to be tough. At least four future pros on the D-line. The offense should improve. But uh, that's not where I'm going. I am going to Miami. I think they have a shot to win the ACC this year. It sounds crazy. I'm not talking about just the Coastal. They're going to win the Coastal. Plus 500 is the price for them to win the ACC. It continues to go down. I got it a couple weeks back at 6-1 to odds. So I like this because you get the perfect hedging opportunity. If they win the Coastal, they'll meet Clemson in the ACC title game most likely. On a neutral field, Clemson will be a 3.5 to a 4-point favorite. Meaning, if you think Clemson's dominant and they're going to dominate Miami in that game, you could always just take the points or the money line as your hedging opportunity. So if you think you have no shot, just bet Clemson. Best case scenario, Miami wins that game. You cash your plus 500 ticket. The reason I like Miami this year, this is a much better roster than last year. We only need them to win nine games. The price is only minus 120. The win total over eight and a half. Them to win the ACC plus 500. They won seven games last year. And this is a much better roster. Last year, look at the coaching staff, for example. Now you bring in Mario Cristobal. He leaves Oregon to go back home to Miami. You know he's going to bring some toughness in the trenches like he did at Oregon, especially with that offensive line. Tyler Van Dyke is an NFL-ready quarterback. If he puts it all together, he could be a top-five pick. And Miami is finally going to live up to the hype. He's six foot four. He can make every single throw. He started the last nine games last season. He threw for 246 yards per game in his first three starts. Then after that, he went for over 300 yards in each of his last six starts, including a 325-yard performance and an upset victory over North Carolina State, who's going to be tough again this season, and a 426-yard performance and an upset victory over Pitt, who at the time had Kenny Pickett last year. He was the first quarterback for Miami to have three straight games of 325 passing yards since Bernie Kosar. I thought maybe Ken Dorsey, but no, Bernie Kosar. So he's the real deal. Mario takes back over as head coach. That's his dream job. Goes back home where he played offensive line for the Hurricanes. Leaves Oregon. Puts together a great staff, including Bama's former offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis, is there. Their running game's going to be solid. They bring back Jalen Knighton to be the lead back. He was suspended for four games last season. Still rushed for over 561 yards. At the wide receiver position, in the wide receiver room, they do lose a lot but they bring back Keyshawn Smith for his sophomore year. Jacoby George is there. They have fast athletes on the outside and in the slot who can make some tough grabs. Last year, they led the nation with 190 career starts on the offensive line. This year, not as much experience, but the coaching is going to be much better. And they bring back three starters, 137 career starts. I think the offensive line will be improved on defense. Their defensive line is going to be the strength once again. They bring back eight down linemen with starting experience. 
Uh, they add a few guys through the portal. They're going to be big and strong up front. At the linebacker position, they bring back five returning starters with uh, experience. Last year, they missed a ton of tackles. I don't expect that this year with Steele taking over as defensive coordinator. In the secondary, they do lose some guys, but they get Al Blades back. He missed the majority of the season with an injury. They add Daryl Porter from West Virginia through the transfer portal. They brought back nine starters last year, still gave up 390 uh, yards per game, 28.4 points per game. They couldn't tackle. They bring in a new defensive coordinator. I think they're going to improve. Last year, uh, they start the season, the first four games of the year with King at quarterback. They averaged just 20.6 points per game. Van Dyke took over. They jumped to 36.7 points per game in the final seven games. I think they could average 40 this year. They're going to be better on the defensive side of the ball. Looking at the schedule, there are some tough games. They get Texas A&M week three. They are 2-1 and one all time against Texas A&M, but they haven't played since 2008, and they are just 1-4 and four straight up against the SEC since 2013, 2-3 against the spread. So I don't like their chances week three against A&M. But other than that, Southern Miss, Bethune-Cookman, Middle Tennessee, a bye week. They get North Carolina in a rebuild year. They're on the road against Virginia Tech. They've won three of four in Blacksburg. They get Duke. They get Florida State. They get Georgia Tech. They get Pittsburgh, who they're 14-2 and two straight up against since 1998. I love Miami to go over eight and a half wins, and I'm going to take a small little shot at them to win the ACC plus 500. A couple more unders I really like, or a couple unders, I should say. I'm going under on Georgia Tech. The number I got was four and a half wins. Uh, that number is now went down to three and a half. I'm fine with that. The AD over at Georgia Tech that's making that schedule should not only be fired but blasted to the moon. I don't like their head coach, Jeff Collins, a whole lot, but it's hard to blame him for the nine wins since he's taken that program over when you look at this schedule. Last year, they started 2-2 two and two, but finished just 3-7 and seven and lost by an average of 25 points per game. The reason, the schedule. They've faced the third toughest schedule in the entire country. They played Georgia, they played Notre Dame, and they played Clemson all outside of their division. This year, they bring back a whopping total of only eight starters. And again, they play another brutal schedule. Games against Clemson. A game against Georgia. They get Ole Miss in the SEC. And they get Central Florida. And that's all just outside of their division. They are going to be underdogs in at least nine games. I would go under three and a half. I felt better, uh, felt better getting the four and a half. But I think that's a three-win team at best. My final bet in college football as far as win totals, I'm going under on Indiana. Under four and a half wins which is juiced over at BetMGM right now, minus 150, meaning you'll have to lay a buck 50 to win a buck. But I don't think they could be any worse than they were last season, but I don't see them doubling up their wins. I went under on them last year. That was with Michael Penix Jr. back. Eight starters returned last year, and after five games, Penix was done for the year with an injury. And with him not behind center, they only averaged 13 points per game. Defensively, last year they brought back nine guys, still gave up 33.3 points per game. This year, they bring back only seven. Other than Idaho and Western Kentucky, I don't see a winnable game on that schedule. They hit the road to take on Cincinnati. They're on the road against Nebraska, with Nebraska coming off a bye. They get Michigan, Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and Purdue. So under four and a half wins for Indiana, even at the price, minus 150, is another favorite bet of mine. So that's what I've played that's still available for college football win totals and futures. When we come back, we'll talk some NFL football with Mark Drumheller from Yahoo Sportsbook. We'll also hit on the UFC. We got a pay-per-view tonight. We'll try to find you guys some value. You're listening to Early Odds, presented by BetMGM here on 670 The Score. Ryan Horvath filling in for Joe Ostrowski.
Welcome back into Early Odds, presented by BetMGM here on 670 The Score. Ryan Horvat from BetMGM tonight, filling in today for Joe Ostrowski. Joe will be back next weekend, enjoying a little vacation before we hit the football season, college football right around the corner, as we talked about earlier, the NFL season right around the corner. But tonight, we get a UFC pay-per-view. And to help make the people some money, we welcome in my good buddy, Mark Drumheller. You can find his work with Yahoo Sportsbook. Mark, where are we looking tonight for some value? The main card, the prelims, what kind of fights are we looking at? Yeah, it's an interesting card, Ryan, in the sense that, like, you know, we have big names at the top, right? We have Amanda Nunez, we have Juliana Pena, and the main event and the co-main event with Moreno and Kai Kara France are both rematches. And typically at a UFC, what you see is, you know, the person who won the initial fight typically wins the rematch more than not. It's like, you know, historically, it's like a 65, 70% clip. That initial person wins. And, you know, the dynamic in the market between those two fights are, are pretty interesting. Um, you have Pena, who won last time, stunned Nunez, who has been, you know, the most dominant women's champion in UFC history, and still comes into this fight as a sizable favorite. So I think a lot of people um, see Pena as, you know, a good opportunity to back as an underdog. You know, she's like plus 230 in some spots, plus 210 right around there, depending on, you know, your sports book. But, you know, I'm on Nunez here, and I think that there were some circumstances behind her conditioning that kind of led her to gassing out in the first fight. And um, I didn't want to bet into the big number at the money line, but I am on Nunez at minus 120 to finish the fight inside the distance. I really like that. Anything else you like? Uh, You know, you got some good fights, man. You got Lewis going. He's a plus 130 dog, which I find to be kind of crazy. Anything else that you've bet uh, for tonight? Yeah, I did play Derek Lewis, so that's that's a great one. Um, I think that, you know, we're getting a buy-low spot with him, right? He looked terrible against Tua Tuivasa in his last fight. Um, Now he comes back, and he fights in front of his home crowd in Houston and in Texas, and he historically hasn't done well there. He talked about how it's a lot of pressure, and he kind of, like, gets in his own mind, you know what I mean, in that type of situation. But I think he comes in here with nothing to lose. The number keeps rising. I saw plus 135 tonight. I think it's going to keep going up. So I'm going to wait a little bit before I put more on um, Lewis. But I like him. I mean, listen, he's got knockout power, and I think that what a lot of people aren't realizing is Pavlovich, you know, his opponent, This is a big step up in competition for him. This is his first time in the UFC pay-per-view main card slot. So um, I I don't think it's, you know, a given that he comes out and, you know, doesn't experience some type of jitters in that type of situation. And one mistake against a guy like Derek Lewis, and it's night-night. You know, he can knock you out and end the fight. So I like Lewis there at this price, and it's a price that keeps getting better. Again, I'm talking with Mark Drumheller right now from Yahoo Sportsbook. We're discussing a little bit of UFC 277, which we're going to see tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern time, 9 p.m. Central. That's when it starts on pay-per-view. Last question for you. You know, when we look at some of these big favorites, now obviously, you know, Major League Baseball season, I do not want to lay minus 275 with the Houston Astros on a random Wednesday against the Oakland A's. We see why last week when the A's take the series from the Astros, just not a whole lot of value there, way too chalky. But in UFC, it's a lot different. You know, sometimes you do have to lay a big price for a big favorite. What's your what's your stance on that, man, especially like in these main event fights? Do you bet big favorites or are you always just looking for the dog or looking for different ways to attack the market, such as, you know, a KO prop or to win inside the distance or by submission? What's your what's your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, it really comes down to price. And, and, you know, I do, if I am betting into a big favorite, then I am going to take some things into consideration. Like, what am I getting the KO prop at? You know, is it, is it at, you know, minus 110? Do I think it's a, you know, over a 52% probability that they're going to be able to win that way? You have to be careful because in like, in UFC or mixed martial arts in general, like you could have like a knockout artist and he can knock, you know, strike, strike somebody, really hurt him, put him down on the ground and then get a submission because the guy's severely compromised because he's, you know, in, in the next week. So, um, you know, and then that ends up as a submission. You don't get the KO prop. So, you know, there's different ways to attack it, but it really kind of depends on the fight. I don't mind betting into, you know, a big, you know, minus 200 favorites. Sometimes you just have to take what the market gives you or, you know, what I do sometimes is you can do like a two fighter parlay parlays are pretty more prevalent in UFC because of those odds, but I don't like to do three, four legs, you know, just two fighters. Like if you took, you know, Nunez and Marino, the top two fights, you know, the favorites, you know, Nunez is like minus 275, Marino uh, a little shorter, like minus 225. You can get that around even money. So, um, you know, if you parlay those two, so that's a different way to attack it. If there's nothing in the prop market that you feel like is, you know, the probabilities in your favor. Mark Drumheller, Yahoo Sportsbook, giving you some picks here on on uh, early odds here on 670 The Score, presented by BetMGM. Ryan Horvath filling in today for Joe Ostrowski. Joe will be back next weekend. Speaking of big favorites, let's talk some NFL. I'm looking at the NFC South right now. Over at BetMGM, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, offensive line beat up. Tom Brady coming back for another season earlier this week. They signed Julio Jones. We don't know how much he has left in the tank. He's not going to be the number one wide receiver, so it doesn't matter a whole lot. Just another weapon for Tom Brady. They're still solid defensively. They go down last year, lose to the Rams in the playoffs. The year before, obviously, they win the Super Bowl, year one with Tom Brady. They're minus 300 to win the NFC South. We talked on my show, I'm really high on the New Orleans Saints, plus 375. I don't know about winning the division, but I definitely like them to go over their win total. Carolina's 10 to 1, Atlanta's 25 to 1. I think that's even too short. How would you target the NFC South? Is it, you're not going to lay minus 300, I'm assuming, but is it Tampa Bay or nothing really? Do you think the Saints could win that division? I think as far as the division is concerned, I, I, I think it is Tampa's division. I mean, it still is Tom Brady. They have a ton of weapons. Obviously, if the offensive line um, is compromised, you know, he's going to struggle. They might not come out of the NFC or, you know, go deep in the playoffs. But I still think they can win that division. Uh, if you look at Tampa last year, it had a ton of injuries as well. You know, kind of struggled down the stretch. The wide receiving core was really banged up, and they were still able to win a ton of games. So, I mean, I, I think they can win a division, but I'm right there with you with the Saints. I think the Saints are a team that can really cause some havoc um, in the NFC, particularly, I mean, the NFC South, I think, you know, they have that second place spot locked up. So I, I think that, you know, the way you attack them is, you know, over win total odds to make the playoffs, you know, there's markets like that, or just kind of a bet on team early in the season before the market really catches up on them. But I think the way they're constructed, you know, they're, they always invested in the trenches, they're going to try and run the ball on offense, you know, a little bit more than, you know, some teams. And, and I think that helps Winston within the offense. And now they got him some playmakers with Alave and, you know, with Jarvis Landry and Mike Thomas coming back to where, you know, particularly Mike Thomas and those high leverage 
third down situations where Winston in the past would be compelled to make a huge play and throw the ball down the field, risk turnover. He doesn't have to now because he has some playmakers with him to where he can play more within the offense. Exactly, man. They were five and two with him last year. He only turned the ball over three times and he was making the right decision. So what about the team that knocked Tampa Bay out of the playoffs? They ended up winning the Super Bowl last year. You got the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC West, plus 120. San Francisco, year one with Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo will not be the starting quarterback. Kyle Shanahan, obviously, back as head coach. Uh, made it to the NFC title game last year. The Cardinals, they give Kyler Murray all that money. They're plus 300. And then the Seahawks, they begin life without Russell Wilson. Drew Locke takes over as starting quarterback, we think, 16-1. to How would you play the NFC West? I think that's a really interesting division. I do. I think it really is. And, you know, I would probably play San Francisco if I was going to pick a team. I'm a little down on the Rams. Um, I actually think, you know, Rams to miss the playoffs is like plus 200. You probably get it like two to one. I don't think that's crazy. Obviously, we don't want to go all in on something like that. They're a very good team with a lot of talent. But um, I just think that it's very hard to repeat. You know, and, you know, to really get motivated. And when you look at the team and look at the roster, um, you know, Stafford last year went to a real tough stretch in the middle of the year. Um, they were winning some games, but, they, you know, where he really didn't play well, was throwing a ton of interceptions. There were all kinds of reports that he broke his back and he had a new injury every week. And it was just really banged up. And you have to wonder, you know, it, you know, coming back after winning the Super Bowl, not to say that he's not going to do everything he can to get out the, get, get out on the field, but, you know, if those injuries start piling up again, does he take more games off? You know, does he, you know, not feel as compelled to come out and prove himself like he did last year? So I think that's something to keep an eye on. You know, that team in general, they're focused, but I like San Francisco. I think they're really strong. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, how quickly, um, you know, they can kind of develop as an offense with Trey Lance there. I think they're going to make some mistakes with Lance, a young quarterback, obviously, um, you know, he's not going to be as experienced as Garoppolo, but I, I think that, they're really the team to watch in that division. You know, uh, Arizona, a lot of defensive problems, but I like San Fran. Completely agree, man. Love the two-to-one price that we're getting. I also went over on their win total. Kyle Shanahan, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't asked to do a whole lot. I mean, a couple of years ago in the NFC title game against Green Bay, he only dropped back eight times, but they rushed for nearly 300 yards. You know Kyle Shanahan, that offense, they're going to be lights out. But you know what's funny about the Rams and you saying you're not as high on them? I, I remember last year, the wild card game, them in Arizona, and I said, I can't wait to fade whoever wins this game. But the problem was San Francisco went into Green Bay in the cold weather at Lambeau Field and beat up on them. And then it just ended up being terrible matchup after terrible matchup. So I was never able to do so. I actually bet them against Tampa Bay. Speaking of Green Bay, so in the NFC North, minus 165 is the price you have to pay to back the Packers to win the division once again. Aaron Rodgers, the back-to-back MVP, is back. But now he loses his best weapon in Devontae Adams, in my opinion, the best receiver in all of football. The Lions are plus 850. The Bears are 10-1 to in a rebuild. The price that catches my eye I know everybody doesn't love Kirk Cousins, but plus 260 for the Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson, Delvin Cook, they add on the defensive side of the ball, bringing in Zedaria Smith to fix that pass rush. Mike Zimmer's gone, new coaching staff comes in. What are your thoughts on the Minnesota Vikings at plus 260 and just the NFC North? Where would your money go as far as a bet? Yeah, I, I actually think the market's a little bit high on Minnesota and still a little bit low on Green Bay in the sense okay. that, you know, they're expected to take the step back, but they get, you know, Jair Alexander back, defense gets a little bit more healthy. And what do we know about LaFleur, right? He wins games in the, in the regular season. He's probably the most winningest coach in the regular season since he came into the league. And I don't think that's understated. And, 
you know, part of my issue with Minnesota is, you know, I took a little bit of stab on them to start 0-4. It was like 11-1 to odds I got because if you look at how they start the season, week one, you know, they got to play Green Bay, right, and compromise secondary. That's really the weakness of Minnesota. Now you have, you know, a new head coach in the first game against the winningest head coach in the, in the NFL, right, in LaFleur. So I like Green Bay a lot in that spot in week one. Then they have to go on the road, play in Philly on Monday night. First road game historically um, has been a great spot for betters to fade first-time head coaches. So that's going to be a tough spot. It's a new experience Monday night on the road. Then they come home, they get Detroit, which is definitely a winnable game. But after that, they have to go to London and play the Saints. We just talked about the Saints. So I think Minnesota is going to start off real slow, and we're going to find out a lot about the new head coach as far as how he can get the locker room to buy in. Completely agree. Now, before we get your favorite win totals, your favorite bets for the NFL season here in 2022, I want to ask you about, in my opinion, the best division in all of football, maybe the best division in football history. Like, let's be honest here. The Chiefs are plus 155 to win the AFC West. They lose Tyree Kill, but they bring back, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid's calling the plays. They still have Travis Kelsey. The Chargers, everybody's darling team heading into the season, including mine. I love me some Justin Herbert. They're plus 230. They add on the defensive side of the ball. They only get better. The Broncos bring in Russell Wilson, plus 260 is their price. And then the Raiders, who add Devontae Adams and keep Darren Waller. There were some rumors they were maybe going to shop him. They also have Hunter Renfro. They get improved on the defensive side of the ball. They're plus 650. Where would your money go in the AFC West, if anywhere, man? Because I can't wait to watch that division this year. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I always feel bad for Vegas. Like, I, I wish the Raiders could play in a different division this year yeah. because I really like the McDaniels higher. I really like what they're doing. But, uh, you know, this division is a buzzsaw. And, I, you know, I think KC's going to take a little bit of a step back. Losing Tyreek Hill, I think that hurts them. I like the Chargers to win this division. I'm right there with you. I know a lot of people are on them. They're everybody's darling. But everything kind of lines up for them this season. And, I, you know, hopefully I'm not jinxing them. But you look at what they got on defense with J.C. Jackson. Jackson, Khalil Mack. Last year, they couldn't stop the run. They got some more help up front. And, you know, I like the head coach. I like that he's aggressive, especially with a guy like Herbert. So I think he took a lot of heat last year, maybe a little over aggressive in some spots, but, you know, he's learning on the fly. So I think you got a dynamic young coach. You got a dynamic young quarterback. You got a good defense behind them now. And, you know, listen, I think the sky's the limit for that team. I wouldn't be surprised if they went to the Super Bowl. I really like the Chargers this year. I think they're going to come out of that division. I think Denver is going to be very good as well, but might be a little overrated. Offensive line, is it strong enough to protect Wilson? Head coach, we're not really sure what we have with Hackett there. So, um, you know, I think Chiefs a little bit stepped down. Broncos obviously better, but Chargers are the team I think that's going to win the West. We're on the same page, man. I like them to win the AFC. For me, it's them. It's the Bills. The only thing with the Bills is Micah Hyde goes down day two at training camp. We'll wait and see on that injury, but that's a little concerning because he's so great in the secondary, but I'm high on the Chargers. All right, Mark, before I get you out of here, man, your favorite win totals, your favorite division bets, just anything that you place where there's still some value right now uh, here July 30th on a Saturday morning. Yeah, I like the I like the under on the Steelers. I think the you know Mike Tomlin, one of my favorite coaches in the league. They should really build a statue of this guy. He continues to win with with that yeah. team. And I just think with you know the questions at quarterback Trubisky, not sold on Pickett, not really sold on. Um, I think they're gonna have a lot of trouble last year. Twenty sixth in the NFL and drop back EPA. And, but the real issue with the Steelers is 
They're not the Steelers that we all grew up with. They're very soft on the offensive line. So now you look at the quarterback issues with that offensive line and the defensive line as well really got run on at the end of last year. I think that's going to end up hurting them. They got a tough schedule. Uh, I think they're only favored in like four games, and I think they're going to be under that seven-win total. Mike Tomlin's streak will finally get snapped. I love Mike Tomlin, but I couldn't agree more, man. Mark, thanks so much, man. That's Mark Drumheller. You can find him on social media. He's on Twitter, X underscore Drumheller. Mark, what do you got coming up, man? Where could the people find all your work? Over at Yahoo Sportsbook, doing a lot of stuff there. So, you know, daily content, doing some videos on the weekend. So, you know, really excited getting ready for football season. So follow Yahoo Sportsbook. You can get all my work there. Much appreciated. That's Mark Drumheller with Yahoo Sportsbook. This is Ryan Horvat filling in for Joe Ostrowski here on Early Odds, presented by BetMGM on 670 to score. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back to wrap things up here coming up soon. And welcome back into Early Odds here on 670 The Score. Ryan Horvat filling in for Joe Ostrowski. The show, of course, presented by BetMGM. And now we welcome in to talk about the NFC North, some win totals, some futures as well. From 1250 AM, the fan out in Milwaukee, the Bart Winkler Morning Show featuring Bart Winkler. Bart Winkler himself, not only the host of that fine program, but also an owner of the Green Bay Packers. So we're going to talk some Packer football, but I want to just start off with the futures market in the NFC North because I think it's a very interesting division. You have the Packers minus 160 favorites, meaning you have to lay a buck 65 to win a dollar. The Vikings plus 260 with a new coaching staff coming in there. Mike Zimmer's gone. The Lions plus 850, year two for Dan Campbell. And then the Chicago Bears, 10 to one to win the NFC North, year two for Justin Fields. New coaching regime there as well. You got Matt Eberflus coming in, and you have your guy. Well, let's let's just start with the Chicago Bears, actually, Bart. 10-1 to 1 to win the division. Uh, they didn't really do a whole lot this offseason. They lose Khalil Mack. They lose Akeem Hicks. They lose Eddie Goldman. And if you look at it, I mean, they don't bring in a whole lot, man. And last year, they really struggled on the offensive line. They struggled in the secondary. So in the NFL draft, they do address the uh, secondary. But – they have the fourth easiest schedule of opponents, the fourth largest improvement after they faced the ninth most difficult schedule last year. And if you look at the opposing offenses they're going to face, you know, the secondary was brutal last year, but they also faced the most efficient passing offenses in 2021. This year projected to face the 14th most difficult, which is the seventh largest improvement. They can't be any worse with the new coaching staff. Your guy Luke Getzey's there. Your thoughts on the Bears heading into the season and that 10 to 1 price. All right, so... Not to be Milwaukee guy, you know, flexing his muscles on the score. 30 years of incredible radio just past the – such a milestone. And to celebrate year 31, I'm going to tell the score faithful that the Bears will be the worst team in football this year. And when they win their third game of the year, that will be their last win of the season. This team is going to be atrocious. Wow. I don't understand what the Bears are trying to do. And I don't, I don't understand. I guess what they're trying to do is recover from Nagy and Pace. So I don't understand what Nagy and Pace were trying to do. Right. Because you drafted Justin Fields, right? And if I'm Matt Nagy or Ryan Pace, I'm like, well, unless we do something crazy, we know this is going to be our last year. We know it. Everyone knew it. They knew it. So then they say, let's draft Justin Fields. Okay. 
yeah, hit your wagon to this guy. Cause yeah. then you can start to develop them. Everybody thinks that, you know, a bears and quarterback, they'll never have a, a good one. So let's develop them and we'll get our claws in here. And if he shows any signs of being a capable quarterback, they'll have to stay with us because we're, we're already there and we can build it along. And then they say, okay, now let's start Andy Dalton for eight weeks. So I don't, and Nick Foles got to start it, I think. So I don't understand why they didn't go all in with Fields. I think Fields can be such a good quarterback in this league. Yeah. I think he got drafted to the absolute worst setting for him. And now they're starting over and we'll see what happens. The Bears, I mean, Bears fans are arguing with Packer fans over who's got a better receiving group. Hey, newsflash to both. They both suck. All right. So they they got injuries on the offensive line already. They lose a bunch of pieces on defense, as you mentioned. A 10 to 1 is way too high. There is no conceivable option or path. Even like the Avenger had one in 1.4 million. They still had the one to beat Thanos. There's no one. Doctor Strange ain't seeing nothing for the Bears to win the NFC North. So I'm very confident in that. And then my hot take is three wins. Three wins. See, I actually like them to go over the six and a half on their win total, to be quite honest. I think they could win seven games because I do believe in Justin Fields. Year one was a disaster. You know, I mean, look at the first start of his career, the game plan that Nagy had dialed up for him. They finished with 1.1 yard per play. Like the offensive line was terrible in that game. 47 total yards of offense. The second lowest since the year 2000. Fields was six of 20. I mean, that game plan right there, that offensive line. I do like Mooney. Uh, They need to address that position, obviously. They need more weapons. But uh, I think they could win seven games. But I I agree, 10 to 1, that price should be higher. What are your thoughts on the Detroit Lions, man? The Lions are a really popular pick. A lot of people like Dan Campbell. My problem with them, Jared Goff obviously can't push the ball down the field. But I like Swift. I like Jamal Williams. And I like what they've done with the defensive line. Your thoughts on Detroit heading into this season? I think a lot of people like what Detroit is doing. I think they're buying into Dan Campbell. They were fighting hard at the end of the year. There's a lot of great players at the skill positions, obviously, you know, with their draft was very good. Yeah. But this is a quarterback driven league and they don't got one. That's very good. Jared Goff is not that good. The Rams flipped him for Matt Stafford and instantly won a Super Bowl. And like it got Matt Stafford into the hall of fame. All you had to do was be a, competent quarterback in that offense and you're the people are going to say oh maybe this guy is good he's he's in the hall of fame and now jared goff goes to detroit he he'll never even be as good as matt stafford was there the the lions they're doing a lot right yeah there's no chance they win the division i mean what's their over under like seven and a half eight and a half that can be a fun play and they might hit it they might they might i mean this could be a nine and eight team but they would need a lot to go right they would need to play in spite of Jared Goff or Bencham. I there's there's no there's maybe a one in fourteen million chance they win a division. Eight eight fifty that's probably about right. But there's they're going to be a they're going to be a fun team. A lot of people like them. They're going to play hard. But unless they have a different quarterback, it's a non-starter for me. 
I agree. I do like Dan Campbell. I think they could be a sneaky team. I mean, look how many games they were in last year, one score games that they lost, but plus 850, I'm out on them. All right, here's the team I'm high on. It's Minnesota plus 260. They improved defensively. They signed Zadarius Smith to fix that pass rush. Mike Zimmer's gone. I think he was the issue. It's a defensive-minded head coach, and defensively, they were terrible last year. That should be a dy- that should be a dynamic offense with Kirk Cousins. And even if you hate Kirk Cousins, as efficient as he is, you have Justin Jefferson, who could be a top three receiver in the league this year, a healthy Adam Thielen, Delvin Cook. Surprisingly, they were one of the worst rushing offenses in the league last year, even with Delvin Cook, because the offensive line isn't that great. Your thoughts on Minnesota heading into the season, plus 260. I think that's a really nice price going into the year. Well, and then that compares with the Packers, who are what? Minus? Minus 165 right now. So the Packers is probably the play. Really? Well, the Packers is probably, they're probably the most likely to win the division, right? They're the most right. likely I mean, to win the division. I mean, they fixed the defensive side of the ball, but the I defense think the is going to be great. The loss and of Devontae Adams, uh, the injuries on the offensive line, no David Bakhtiari to start the season, most likely, no Elton Jenkins. That's the concern, I would say, for, for Green Bay for the first time in years more concerned about their offense than their defense. Defensively, if they're not a top 10 unit, somebody should be fired. Oh, I think they'll be top five. I think the Packers defense is going to be great, but I bring them up because that's a pretty big gap from minus 160 to plus 260. Yeah. Plus 250, plus 260. That's a pretty big gap. And if you look at all the weapons that you just mentioned, I mean, Kirk Cousins is, I I don't know, he's average, but he sometimes he can look like the, a bottom third quarterback. Sometimes he can look like a top third quarterback. He's also got a lot to prove now. Yes. He, him, him and Mike Zimmer had this falling out. He was never comfortable there. They hated each other. Yeah. They, they, they did not like each other. And so you're going to give a guy that can play like a top 10 quarterback in different weeks. You're going to give him. you want to talk about a great receiving core. Yeah. And some of those other guys they have too, that they've added. They're not bad. Delvin cook at Madison. They, they've got a great, set of skill players, maybe the best in the league. So at, at, at plus 260, I still think the Packers are the most likely to win, but if you're going to bet on that, you're not going to get, I mean, you're not going to get a bunch of money back. If you're looking to make money, a plus 260 play for Minnesota, I agree that that could be the play. I think a lot we're going to find out in week one when the Packers and the Vikings play each other. I think we'll find a lot because that'll be in Minnesota. We're going to find out a lot about those two different teams. But yeah, plus 260 for Minnesota unless the Packers go off on a tear early, that might be the best price you're going to get them at throughout the season. I think it should be more Packers minus 120 Vikings plus 145 sort of thing. Yeah. The Vikings also just, I mean, I played them 14 to one and now that I'm sorry, I played them 18 to one to actually win the NFC. I mean, Zimmer's gone new coaching staff. We'll see what they could do this year. Let's move over to green Bay because to win the NFC, you're getting plus 550 over at BetMGM. Uh, right now, to win the NFC North, like I said, minus 165. We talked about this on your show. They're last in net rest edge in 2022. So they have 12 fewer rest edge. Oh, yeah, that's net rest edge. Yeah, I know what that is. It's huge, though, because listen to this. All right, so they play five games where their opponent has more days of rest, and then they have two games in which their opponent has less rest. So the, they're going to play the Bills and the Cowboys, both coming off a of bye. Two tough opponents. Then they play opponents with an extra day of rest, week 16 and 17, at the end of the season when everybody's all beat up. That's why I bring that up. Aaron Rodgers, 
back, but no Devontae Adams. The offensive line already beat up. They're going to be much better defensively, especially against the run. Your thoughts on the Packers heading into the season as an owner, as a homer, and as the host of the Bar Winkler Morning Show? Well, I will tell you, too, you know, as a Milwaukee guy, the Packers are built perfectly. They are built perfectly <laughs> to lose the NFC Championship game each and every year. And I think they've done it again. Uh, there's a lot of concerns, right? I, the, I, I'm optimistic that they can get past losing Devontae because Rodgers will spread the ball around. And I do think that there's going to be more of this will be the closest to LaFleur's offense that we've ever seen. LaFleur came in, Matt LaFleur, with a certain type of offense, a lot of play action stuff, a lot of set up this play, sets up the next play. I think Kyle Shanahan, all these guys. Yep. But then they had to marry it with what Rodgers does. Well, what we never say is what Rodgers does is checks out if plays and throws to Devontae. That's Rodgers' offense. So now you're getting Rodgers in the LaFleur offense. I think you're going to see a lot more from Aaron Jones. I think the offensive line is a concern. I do think once Tunyon comes back, they'll get a lot of production out of the tight end position. And the defense, I think, is going to be incredible. But there's, you know, there's a lot. I think there's more that can go wrong for the Packers. There's... There's more that can go right for the Vikings. It equals as much that can go wrong for the Packers. That didn't make sense, but it did to me, just yeah. not from the brain to my mouth. Well, hey, I think there's a, a, a bigger margin of error. It's early uh, Saturday morning, so no, no problem there. Yeah, so I can't so early on a Saturday. Let, let me let me tell you let me tell you the thing that scares me a little bit about about what Green Bay did last year with Devontae Adams. And they stayed pretty healthy. I mean, I know they had injuries. Obviously, David Bakhtiari played, what, like seven snaps against Detroit week 18. But they stayed pretty healthy. And also, I would be worried that they finished 5-1 and one in games that were decided by a field goal or less. They won a lot of close games. But 5-1 and one in games that were decided by a field goal or less, they blew some big leads like that game against San Francisco. Also, they had the third best turnover margin. That's tough to do. And I don't know, man. Like easily, they could have went one and five in those games. And now, no doubt, no Devontae Adams. If 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 ever, I guess what I'm asking you, if ever there was a season to bet against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in the NFC North, would you agree this is the year with a team like Minnesota or Detroit, especially at those prices? Or do you think no, it's a dumb bet and minus one sixty five is the way to go? I always try to think, what would I do without 38 years of green and gold blood running through my veins? Yeah, yeah. And if I was some guy living in San Antonio and I looked at this, how I might look at the AFC South, I would probably take the Vikings plus 260. Thank you. Being an owner of the team who was named after Bart Starr, I am going to, I am going to not bet on this division. <laughs> So what, these, what this exercise here proves is even if you're the biggest Green Bay homer, you admit that the Vikings, pretty good value. Detroit, even a little bit of value there. Let me ask you this last question. I am, however, taking my college fund for my son. Oh, geez. And I'm going to put that on the Bears under. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I'm the Bears. The, hey, sticking with that really quick, Luke Getze, right? Because obviously, like, LaFleur – you know, he's got the new coaching tree where everybody's going to want to pluck from. It was Shanahan, you know, it was Belichick, you know, and look at the guys that came from from there. But you, you look at this, what are your thoughts on Luke Getze? Because he's never called plays. Like, what does he really do? We know Aaron Rodgers liked them, but what are your thoughts on him for the Bears? Well, I think a lot of times when Rodgers is very complimentary of a guy, you hate to have that guy leave. Yeah. 
And he was that way about Luke Getze. He was also that way about his old coordinator, Alex Van Pelt, who I don't even know where he is anymore. My favorite bet on the board, minus 120, juice you have to pay. A.J. Dillon, over five and a half rushing touchdowns. So I think him and Aaron Jones, definitely a top five, one-two punch in the backfield in the NFL. But crazy enough, only the Texans running backs produced a lower percentage of 10-yard gains last season. So they're not that explosive, as crazy as that sounds. What are your thoughts on those two heading into the season? I feel like Aaron Jones is going to be more of the receiving back and A.J. Dillon's going to be the guy that's getting the uh, red zone goal line touches, right? So five and a half touchdowns, I feel like he goes over that by week eight, correct? But yeah, maybe. Aaron Jones is going to be Alvin Kamara and uh, A.J. Dillon will be Mark Ingram. And you're going to see those guys in two back sets, but you're going to see Jones motion out and be a receiver. I would take any receiver prop that I could find on Aaron Jones and take the over. And A.J. Dillon, that touchdown, that, that line should probably be more like seven and a half, which yeah. we would still take the over. Five and a half is pretty low. I, I'm actually stunned it's that low. So I would definitely jump in with you on that one. All right. So before we let you go, uh, NFC and AFC, who's the team that scares you the most in the NFC as a Packers fan? Is it the Rams again? Is it San Francisco with Trey Lance taking over as starting quarterback? Who do you think the team to beat in the NFC is? Or is it the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Brady back and Julio Jones now? I still kind of think it's the Rams. Yeah, it's because I didn't really buy into their run last year, but they still got it done. And I think that I'm I, I feel the same way about them. I it shouldn't be the Rams, but I think it is the Rams. So there you have it. Bart Winkler thinks the Rams have a shot to repeat, thinks the Bears are a three win football team, which I disagree with, thinks the Lions could be interesting, thinks the Packers are the team to beat once again in the NFC North. I disagree. I like that price for the Minnesota Vikings. Love getting better than 2-1 to one odds on them winning the NFC North. As long as Kirk Cousins could win in primetime, win big games, Justin Jefferson stays healthy. He's only going to continue to get better. Adam Thielen will be back. Delvin Cook will be back. And on the defensive side of the ball, they add some pass rushers, most notably Zadarius Smith, who's going to be hungry. And he's going to be excited to face Green Bay twice this season. I could tell you that, especially week one when Minnesota hosts the Packers. The NFC North is going to be exciting this year. Can't wait for college football season. That'll do it for me, Ryan Horvat, filling in today for Joe Ostrowski here on Early Odds, brought to you by BetMGM on 670 The Score. Joe will be back next Saturday. I'll be back on my regular show, BetMGM, tonight, 6 to 10 p.m. You can find us on the BetQL network, on the BetQL app, on the Odyssey app, all over the place, wherever you find your podcasts. Have a safe and enjoyable Saturday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 